I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are back for season four, which is also our one year anniversary. Yep, that's right. The Dateable podcast launched only a year ago and what a year has been. Thank you for coming back and for our new listeners, welcome to the Dateable family. This show is hosted by me, I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York and now a happy San Francisco resident. On each episode, we dissect a dating story, and you'll also hear commentary from our guest, of course, our producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. Before we launch into this episode, let me give you a quick update. Since launching the Dateable podcast a year ago, we've had over 200,000 listens. In addition to being featured on Upout, SFGate, The Huffington Post, and The Thought Catalog, we were also recently featured in Brides Magazine, Brit & Co., the Cheat Sheet, and AskMen.com. More importantly, our guests have some major updates too. Jessica, who's dating the guy that was stringing her along, is now engaged, and not to that guy, thankfully. Robert, our guest who did the Tinder wanna hook up experiment, met a special lady and moved all the way to New York for her. Connie, who wanted to make apps and babies with her future man, actually made an app with her new beau. The baby part is TBD. Our dating fatigue Andrew is now seriously dating someone. Kate and Boris from the season three finale who met on J-Date tie the knot. Congrats guys. And for me, I am now in a serious committed relationship. You can ask me for the full story if you ever run into me. Julie and I started the Dateable podcast not because we want to dole out advice, because frankly, nobody has it figured out. 
Our goal is to open up a conversation, share learnings, and together we can date better and smarter. P.S. If you haven't watched our sponsor a single video that we released on Valentine's Day, go watch it on our Facebook page or YouTube channel after this episode. Okay, without further ado, here's our season four premiere. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. Now, imagine going into a dating event and not being able to see anybody or anything around you. How would you feel? Would you be nervous? Would you be a little scared? Would you be turned on? Well, (laughs) that was the premise of a recent dating event called Dating in the Dark that was put on by our friend Sasha, who's a matchmaker. And, you know, her goal was to make something in real life that's a dating event that's completely opposite of what you normally experience when it comes to dating. So I'm totally intrigued. We have Sasha here today and best of all, we have two of the participants from that event here as well. We have Danny Boy. I know that you're in your early 30s. You've been in San Francisco for four years. Where are you from? I'm from Seattle. Okay. All right. And you are currently single. And we have Julie, our producer. I don't need to give any stats about you. You can give stats. I don't think I've ever given them. Okay, you give your stats. (laughs) Now that we've turned the tables. (laughs) Well, I've lived in SF for eight years, so I'm a SF veteran, I guess, by our standards. I am single, probably the most single I've ever been in my life. So put that out there. Got out of a, ended like a significant relationship in March. So I've been a little out of the dating scene. I mean, I think for me, I was super nervous going into it. Like I knew Sasha... I knew about this obviously and I was excited because it was so like it was so unique but I was really nervous because this is so outside of my comfort zone. Before we get to your you know experience and sharing what you learned from this, let's go to Sasha. Walk us through how this event works. Basically, the whole premise behind the event is people are wearing blindfolds and they go on mini dates while they're blindfolded. I love this concept because it's the complete opposite of online dating. You don't see them. You don't know any stats about who they are. It's completely blind. I mean, this is just against anything that online dating stands for. Exactly. I mean, that's basically why I started matchmaking in the first place is to bring the human back into dating. But also one of the reasons why I started this event was because it is the antithesis of online dating. You know, we are so... in entirely superficial in the way that we go about dating, particularly online. So I was really interested in creating this event in um, finding out just from an experimental perspective what would happen when people uh, tried to connect without sight because I was just wondering if it would be easier or more difficult. Um, And I also was wondering if uh, physical appearance actually mattered as much as people thought it did. Give me the structure of how this event works. For someone, you know, for our listeners at home who've never been to a Dating in the Dark event, walk them through it. So basically the way it works is uh, you step in and you're not immediately blindfolded. Instead, uh, you go into a room that is of people of the same sex. So I actually liked the part about meeting the other girls because it made me less nervous. Did you feel like you were on an episode of The Bachelor? (laughs) there was a little bit of that but not really like everyone was super nice what was interesting everyone was there solo very few people I felt like 
came with a posse of friends and like wow that's even like another wing girl like everyone a lot of most people were there by themselves danny how was it how was the atmosphere in the boys room so it was kind of funny at first because I was like, it's all dudes. Like, that's not what I signed up for. Um, it was actually really cool. Uh, there, was, there were a lot of cool dudes. Walk me through what's next. Um, I have everybody put on their blindfolds. All of the, every, and one of the sexes uh, uh, sits down. At this particular event, um, there was actually somebody who was allergic to a cat. And the cat was in one of the, like, it you would see. not get off one of the chairs. Why was there a cat? Where was this? Where was this? Dude, did you go on a date with a yeah, cat? Yeah, that's the date the yeah. cat, and we had a great time. <laughs> oh my, what furry paws you have. Right, right. So, so th- that was a complication. Um, we, had, we had the event at a community house. Long story short, there were some cat complications, <laughs> and I had to... Uh, and. So in, for this particular event, we just had all the women sit down in one row and, all, and then all the men kind of line up like they're elephants. When you're blindfolded, yeah. can you really just not see? You literally cannot, cannot see. Cannot see anything. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah. Then what happens? Right. Um, and then after that, everybody's sitting down and then I give a little spiel at the beginning. Thank you, everybody. Okay? It's, you're, you're vulnerable. And you know, we all know that. But what's so special about this event is everybody's here for the same reason. And you guys are like a self-selecting group, okay? You could have said no to this. But instead, you decided to take a chance and do something to step out of, outside of your comfort zone. Okay, so I'm going to begin. So the first prompt is, what do you find beautiful? <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. Where are you? I feel you. Okay. And I can hear you. Very good. And then after that, I have these prompts and I change them for each event so it kind of changes up the flavor. And uh, and then everybody talks for about five minutes and then I ring a little bell. And then we have all of the guys get up and they switch to the next chair. Then it just goes on and on until you've been with six people. What was one of the prompts? What was a turning point in your life? That was oh, a good one. I think that's um, one that you and I shared. Was it? I think so. Yeah. I Did know, you that guys, was, okay, so, so we were on a date, yeah. You were for sure yeah. on a date. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember one of the other prompts? Yeah, the first one, if I remember correctly, was what does beauty mean yes. to you? And it was funny because, Ooh. so what I was doing like during these dates, not with everyone, but with most people, is like holding hands or some type of physical contact. Yeah. For at least part of the conversation, if not all of it, because that really, like, especially being blind, yeah. all you have is their voice, and you have no sense of like how they're reacting aside from the intonations in their in their voice. And so, being able to like feel their hands, and maybe like they might squeeze your hand if they really like something that you say, or yeah. to feel that energy is actually like pretty useful. And so, I remember with that one, I started and being just a guy, maybe I was like, I think beauty in a partner is, or I started mm-hmm. with like what I thought like was like beauty to me in a woman Uh, or a partner as opposed to like just beauty more generally, right? Mm. Whereas I think she was just like, like more general beauty is what she was thinking of. Um, So it was an interesting way to like 
start off the bat. So it's not even, it's in addition to how you answer the question, it's also how you interpret the question. Can we talk about the hand-holding for a minute? Because I have some opinions on that. Yeah. Oh, sure. So I think, like, it's really interesting to hear your perspective on that, because I kind of had the opposite perspective of that. Like, I actually am really, like, if I'm with someone, I'm really big on physical touch, but I kind of, because I, I didn't have a connection with them. So it felt awkward to me to hold their hands. And that's what I know you say with consent, like make sure both people are down. And I will say all the guys that this happened with, they did ask. So it wasn't like they just put it out there. But did every guy want to hold your hand? No. And actually some of the ones that I connected with, I didn't hold hands with. What I paid attention to was voice for some reason. That was like my... What about the voice? Just like how, like the perception of the voice, like... Did they seem kind? Like, did they laugh a lot? Like, what was their tone and that type of things? Like, things that you would typically get from, like, mannerisms and facial expressions, I tried to pick up more from voice, Mm -hmm. which I don't typically do on dates, which is interesting. Could you hear someone smile? Not hear them, but, like, actually, you, like, kind of, like, their voice changes a little. And, like, it's not hear them smile, but, like, you can hear that they're, like, excited. And you could hear that they're, like, a little laughter and that stuff. Well, this is why I'm thinking about how this translates into real life mm-hmm. dating. This is why I prefer getting on a phone call with yes, someone before meeting totally. them because mm-hmm. you hear those intonations in their speech and, you know, some people you just really jive with. And this was a five-minute date. You could do that with a phone call. Oh, for easily. sure. I mean, I'll just pull up a 36. When is Sasha's prompts next time? <laughs> Be like, so, hi, nice to meet you. What's a turning point in your life? Yeah. <laughs> And Danny, in addition to holding their hand and listening to their voice, what other features or factors did you pay attention to? Um, This is going to sound like pretty hippied out, but we're in San Francisco, so it's all good. Um, Just like vibe and energy. It was really Uh, interesting. I thought you were going to say like patchouli. Like they smell like patchouli. Well, I mean, like smell was definitely a big thing, Um, but it was also a little bit confusing because there's like, it's like, you know, you have to imagine like big rows of chairs all next to each other. So there's actually a lot of smells going on. <laughs> yeah, but, but really it was like vibe, like each, I mean, because you're going on like these dates back to back, right? And each date is five minutes. And so you can really feel out the vibe. Like it's very different from each person. So maybe someone was like really excited or someone was a little bit nervous or mm-hmm. really bubbly or really flirty or, yeah. you know, or whatever. And you could really feel that difference in each date. And so, so it was just you feeling felt the ener- that. I felt the energy, yeah, totally. Inter- yeah. Were there any dates that you walked away and you're like, no? Like in that five minutes? Ooh, do I you had, tell. Danny Boy had one date. Had- He's <laughs> like, it was a girl that wouldn't let me hold her hand. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> um, no, uh, it was one date where, and I don't know if it was a language barrier issue, mm. but it was like all the other dates were really like seamlessly flowing yeah. is what it felt like for me. And this was the one where I felt like I actually had to work to, like, keep the convo going. Right. And I was like, I, I shouldn't be having to, like, I mean, I'm happy to, like, to put effort in, but I shouldn't be having to, like, struggle to come up right. with, like, the next thing to say. Right. It didn't feel it didn't feel, like, natural. Yep. And so that was when I was like, okay, like, this is the one person I don't feel like I need to actually follow up with afterwards. Interesting. Well, if you're yeah. on a date in real life and you're, on, like, let's say the person you're on a date with is extremely attractive but you're having a hard time communicating with them. Yeah. Some, peop- some people ju- would just retreat to like 
being flirty with them, touchy with them, drinking a little bit more. There are ways to get around that, I guess, in real life that you overlook these factors. But now you're actually forced (laughs) to have a conversation with them. This becomes really amplified. And what was interesting was afterwards, once we took the blindfolds off, I saw this person and she was like pretty attractive, uh-huh. yeah. uh, but I I just really wasn't that interested in like trying to to like pursue anything yeah. or try yeah. to get her phone number or, or set up a, a date for later, yeah. because I was just like we didn't really vibe. Yeah, Julie, yeah. did you pick up on any vibes? Um, I was gonna say I feel like there were two dates that stood out to me of them, and I think it's because we like got pretty personal in sense of like what we wanted to do with our lives, like our family, like past. Um, so I thought those were like really the ones that really stood out to me. And then there were, there was one day and actually all of them I would say were fairly good. Like there was not one that I was like, oh my God, this was awful. There was one that the guy complained, like basically talked about how painful it is to do online dating. Oh. And like, I get that everyone feels that way. We wouldn't yeah. have a podcast if that wasn't the case, but like, it felt like that kind of took over a lot of the conversation. It just was kind of a negative place. Did you guys have a strategy coming into this? No. <laughs> Did you think about it at all? I, I actually didn't. Like, I think, and this is actually true just in general with dating. I don't really, like, when I go on a date, I just let it, like, be free. And I don't really try yeah. to, like, craft. I mean, I try to, like, set up an awesome date. Yeah. But in this case, it was already set up for me, thanks to yeah. Sasha. So I didn't have to, like, do anything. So I actually just came without an agenda in that sense. I actually thought about thinking of like not conversation starters, but like, should I like think about this a little more? And then I'm like, whatever, I'll just wing it. And there were them, so it doesn't really matter. Well, I think that's what's so different about this event as opposed to normal online mm-hmm. dating is that you have expectations going into these dates, but with dating in the dark, you have no expectations. In fact, you're so open-minded that yeah. you're at this event. It's a little yeah. bit of self-selection as well, right? You're with a group of people who are who are open to anything. Exactly, and one of the things that I like to highlight during the event when I talk to people before they actually start is that this is a high opportunity, zero expectation event. And I think the expectations is a huge thing because I know from my own personal experience, every time I've met someone that I've been in a relationship, it's because I had no expectations. And we met because I wasn't trying and it just happened. And like I, anytime I've gone to a date and tried like really hard, it like doesn't go anywhere. Let's talk about some of the most memorable dates or memorable moments that you had during those six dates. Do you remember those? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have a couple uh, that come to mind. Uh, there was one that was crazy. I think it was my last date, and me and this woman ha- shared the same favorite author and favorite book of that author. Ooh. Wow. And it was actually really dope because this is like, I mean, we all have like our favorite authors but this for me is like a very personal thing and anyone who like likes this stuff are like my people automatically and so I was like I felt like an immediate connection Um, so we actually like exchanged information afterwards Um, so that was actually really cool well one thing I noticed about all my dates is we didn't talk about work at all oh and that's something I feel like on regular dates always comes up it's like Mm -hmm. the checklist of like what do you do who do you know that type of stuff and none of that came up here which was really interesting I think in general, does everyone listen better on these dates? Because you had to, right? Like you yeah. couldn't see, you were no distracted. Like I felt I listened better, but I also felt like the people listened to me better. Because you can't be checking your phone. Nope. You can't be looking at nope. other people around nope. you. You can only focus on the person you're talking to. Exactly. So when you're talking to these people, you spoke to six people, you went on six dates. 
as you're speaking to them, did you in your mind formulate some sort of what they could possibly look like? That's a funny question because one of the prompts was, um, what gives you hope and how would you describe my looks? That was the one that I would, sorry. Oh, were those together? Yes. Uh-huh. I remember I described this guy and I don't know why I said what I thought, like what I said, it just came to me. But actually some of it ended up being true, which What was did you odd. say? I said that he was, I thought he was tall, dark hair, um, glasses, which was not true. Danny, do you remember how you described the girl you were talking to? It was actually really hard to try and imagine what she looked like. Um, and I think that was one, it was a, a fine conversation, but it was one of the harder ones in a sense because, yeah, because I didn't, I really had no clue. I wasn't trying to like, I felt weird trying to put someone in, in that kind of a box. So on the flip side is when you're online dating, you're looking at their photos. Do you ever think about what their voice sounds like? No, which is weird because that that's, matters so much and you don't. That's right? a great question. Yeah, I never do. <laughs> I feel like with online dating, you make those judgments much faster, or you come to those conclusions much quicker. You look at photos and you're like, "Oh, she's, she's, uh, you know, yeah. a free spirit. She's fun, blah blah blah." Yeah. Just based on photos alone, and you feel like you already got someone figured out. But with something like this, you don't have them figured out at all. It's all, you know, starting from a blank slate. I mean, I think I'll go back to like the prompts. I thought that was really great. And obviously every date you go on, you're not gonna have Sasha there <laughs> reading off the prompts. But I think it, it helped you be a better conversationalist. And I think that's important for people going on dates, even if it's not dating in the dark. Don't ask like, what do you do? Like all like the basic questions, that's the checklist that it feels like someone's interviewing. Like that's the worst date. Like, I feel like I learned so much more about someone when I, we talked about a turning point in our life. You know, like, so it's yeah. finding those conversations and maybe it's not like the initial conversation, but getting to that point. And why can't we apply this to beyond dating? We should be having these conversations totally. with our friends too, getting to another, you know, right. layer in your friendship. What happens next? You're done with your six dates. Afterwards, I have all my volunteers gather everybody and get everyone into one room. I count to three, everybody takes their blindfolds off together. And then everyone's super disoriented and so in order to dissipate the disorientation I have a group discussion and so it's this opportunity for it's very intentional it's this opportunity for everybody to take a look at everybody else in the room without feeling awkward. Oh, and by the way, we got popsicle sticks throughout the process. So okay. You, you had a list, I mean, sorry, you had six popsicle sticks with your name on it, and then every date you had, you had to exchange one. Okay. So basically at the end, like Sasha mentioned, there's the group discussion, which is basically code for we can all check people out without being super obvious. But you also have their names. So when the dates are over, you had this group discussion where you can talk to everyone. Oh, you take your blindfolds off. Describe to me what that moment felt like when everyone took their blindfolds off at the same time. You can go first. I, th- I thought it was, it was a trip because it is a little bit disorienting at first because yes. you haven't blindfolded at that point for like maybe 30 minutes or more. Um, and then you look around and there's... First of all, you're like, you're noticing all these people. So like in my case, I recognize some people. I was like, oh yeah, like yeah. I know her or like, oh, like whatever. 
and then um and then you start like yeah you start like analyzing the crowd and being like okay like that person's hot or whatever and then it's also an interesting space so you're like taking in all these things and it's also this like kind of like cool community house so you're like whoa yeah. that's... and the cat yeah and, and the cat exactly so well all your senses yeah. are back I remember, uh, so I actually was not able to tell right away like who I'd gone on dates with, but I do remember that the vibe or the general atmosphere was like really comfortable mm-hmm. because I think we'd all shared this kind of like yeah. interesting, fun, exciting, weird experiment together as a group. And so I think everyone automatically felt more comfortable, even with like the blindfolds off. Totally. You know, so I think like even the discussion that followed, people seemed like very open with it. And so I didn't think it like led really nicely into then people actually being able to like hang out one-on-one and get to talk and yeah. like on dates people always say like experiences help bond more sure. than just like the d- dinner or drinks so this was definitely like a bonding experience like i said earlier like everyone just felt like they were in it together what happened after all of this it was interesting because i think two, one guy i thought was really attractive so he was like physical type mm-hmm. the other guy is not my typical type at all like much edgier than I go for like but there was something because I think because we had such a good conversation like there was something attractive about him he had a really nice smile too but like I think because we had like a deeper conversation that I was like oh like I viewed him more attractive than I think I would have necessarily if I saw him on tinder and I didn't have any background for this particular event I was I had a theme Um, And so the theme kind of fell under community-oriented people, people Mm. who are builders and who make things. Um, And there was also a slight burner vibe. And so it's likely that if you share this experience of Burning Man with somebody else, then, you know, not only are you going to have something to talk about, but you're also going to have similar core values. Well, what's... uh, okay, so I think what's fascinating about that is I understand, Danny, you're a burner. Mm-hmm. Danny Boy is your Burning Man name, right? Or, yes, okay. it is. <laughs> but Julie is the complete opposite <laughs> of say. someone who would ever go to Burning Man. In fact, she said multiple times, I would never date a guy who does Burning Man. That is just so not I my type. I said I would never date a guy. Uh, yes, you have. I said, Nah, I don't know about that. Are you that. saying it's not going to work out between us? <laughs> but what's interesting is that she had six great oh, dates. Yeah, you're right, you're right. With guys who were obviously prone to Burning Man somehow. <laughs> so that that's what's fascinating to no, me. No, you know that... what? Actually, because I said this too. Because I, I mean, I, I feel like I swing more on a marina type girl. <laughs> used to. I'm going to be honest. Used, used to. to. Oh, I'm a reformed marina girl. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if I'm going to swing on the pendulum of Mission and Marina, it's more to Marina, being honest. But, and that was one of my things. I was like, I just, I don't know if, I mean, obviously I wanted to come to this in general, but I was, one of my expectations was like, I don't know if these are going to be my people, you know? And I was definitely, like, to UA's point, I was definitely pleasantly surprised. (laughs) What did you guys learn from this event? Any takeaways? I think being more open as we just said, right? Um, Yeah, and like I said, one of the people I was the most attracted to was not someone I would ever say is my typical type. So maybe getting outside of your type. I think for me, and I think in general as as a guy, like we we put a lot of emphasis on looks. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not here to say that looks are not unimportant because they are. Um, At the same time, it was a really important reminder that like, connection and vibe and having mm-hmm. something yes. it doesn't mean that like we all like the same things but having that genuine like flow and connection in common i think is really 
really matters. Totally. Um, and I think sometimes we, when we do get blinded by, like, by, by the visuals, sometimes we lose sight of that connection or energy that we share with somebody. And so for me, it was just a reminder of something that I kind of already know, but tend to like, easily forget when I go on lots of dates. Totally. Um, that connection is kind of where it's really at. Yeah. Well, I think that goes into my takeaway is you have to be present. Mm-hmm. And part of being present is active listening and really engaging in that conversation. Because I would say of you know the thousands of dates you may go on, half of those could have had potential. But we were too distracted by our phones or the waiter or whatever, the drinks that we were having. The next Tinder match. The next Tinder match that you're not present, you're not actively listening, and therefore you're not engaged or connected. So being present and really listening to your your partner, but also not evaluating them for dating, but more just getting, getting to know them. I think that's the beauty of this event is that you're not like, you're not on this date blindfolded thinking, oh, is this person going to be a good match for me? You're thinking, I'm just trying to figure out what this person's all about because I know absolutely nothing about and them. And low expectations again is like, I'm just going to no have, have a conversation. Yeah, no expectations. I'm going to have a conversation and that's what I'm going to have. So I don't want to put you guys on the spot, but I'm going to put you guys on the spot. <laughs> do you remember your conversation with each other? I do. I think I do. Okay. I Let's think regurgitate ours, some of it. Let's find out. <laughs> Should we reenact it? <laughs> and I will say... Give me your hands. <laughs> I don't think I touched your hands in it. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, um, I think... Did you live in Cuba? Yes. Yes, that was ours. About travel so, in paradise. Paradise for me is... Oh, it's Cuba. Cuba? Yeah. I used to live there for like five months. Hella long ago. And I just went back recently. Travel a lot. Talked about, yeah, there's a lot of travel involved um, about places we had been or would like to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think like I definitely enjoyed our conversation for sure, but I think for me, like, and this was obviously our prompt too, like, I think travel's important, but it's not like this, oh my God, we have so much in common, right? Like, everyone likes to travel for the most part. Yeah. Not, obviously, nothing against you because this was our prompt, but. I genuinely would agree with what you're saying. Where I push back a little bit is, and maybe this is like cliche, but for me, travel is actually very important. And the reason why is because it's like part of what I do through my work, which is this part of my values and my core, my core belief system. And I think it goes back to your values, right? Because you have high value on travel. Like I have higher value on like friends and family, like not to say that you don't have value on that. I don't even know, but I'm just saying like, that's my core is like community, friends, like that type of stuff. But my challenge to you, Julie, is... If if Danny's talking about, you know, travel being very important yeah. to him, that's what paradise is, you could turn the question around, reinterpret it and said and say something along the lines of like, Paradise is being at home with my family and friends. Like that's I think yeah. people always say we don't connect on this one thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it may not be, like what you're saying with Burning Man and building community, those are actually very similar. So instead of writing off the Burning Man, you don't have to write off the the travel. I also like experiences or trying new things, and that may not involve travel. Any other pieces of advice we can give to our listeners? I really think it's so valuable to go on dates without expectation. It doesn't mean that you don't want things. It doesn't mean that you don't have an idea of what you would like to happen. I think really going there and just trying, kind of like you said, like really going there and being present, 
really actively listening, really like not trying to force anything and just seeing what it's like mm-hmm. and being open to that, you know? Because um, I think you can, like, this really surprised me. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a good reminder totally. that when you approach things that way, uh, you tend to, if nothing else, at least have like an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. And maybe you might actually find someone that you really connect with. I think it's good to balance out online dating with non-traditional dating, you know, or non-online dating. Go to these events that push you out of your comfort zone and and don't treat dates like dates. I think that's the number one mistake we make. If you treat a date like getting to know a new friend, being curious about who they are, then your date is 100% of time going to be a lot more successful than going in, a, in a, into a date thinking, oh, this is a date. I have to treat right. it like a date. One thing I was just thinking about is I think oftentimes, and especially as a guy, like I feel like when I'm dating, I have to be the one who initiates the idea of like, you know, like we, let's do X, Y, and Z as our date plan mm-hmm. or something. And while, you know, I think I do a pretty good job at that, um, I think a lot of times we put, when we're doing dates and especially early on in dates, in dating, we try to like come up with these really awesome ideas or activities for yeah. us to go on. And what this was a good reminder of is that like at the end of the day, dates are about you and that person, yes. mm-hmm. like actually just connecting. And that like that person is the date. Right. You are the date. It doesn't really what you do doesn't matter nearly as much, you know. So like mm-hmm. instead of putting so much time and energy into like the bells and whistles of the activities that you're going to be doing, just like really being present with that person and make and being focused on that person is like by far the best way to go. That's a great piece of advice. Because I think about some of the best dates I've had and people ask me, well, what was so great about the date? I can't recall what we did. I just remember the conversation being amazing. (laughs) One last question. Did any dates come out of this event? Uh, I got two numbers and I'm going on a date this weekend. Really? Okay, Sasha. There you go. Sasha, girl. So if our listeners want to go to your next event, how would they find out about it? So the next one is going to be on March 12th. The website to go to is OKSasha.com slash Dating in the Dark. Um, and it's OKSASHA.com. Did anybody go home together that night? Just curious. Yes. Yes? yes. Oh. Uh, ha, 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 okay. And I also, <laughs> I also <laughs> I, Yeah, exactly, right? So proof of concept right there. Get out of your comfort zone. Do something totally out of the ordinary, and you never know what you'll find, right? So uh, for our listeners at home, you know, we want to hear your stories. Have you been to a kind of a cool dating event recently? We want to hear about it. Have you met someone in a very non-traditional way? We want to hear about that, too. We just want to hear from you in general because we like, you know, active listening. We just want to, <laughs> we just want to hear from you, you like <laughs> in general. You already got the info for OKSasha.com. And I guess on that note, last but not least, one, two, three, stay dateable. Now you can meet new people who share similar interests over brunch. Check out 500 brunches and be sent on, well, you guessed it, brunches all over the city with new people each time. Come alone or bring a friend. There's always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast.